really, I believe that. And I know you're thinking, well, I don't got the money, man. But all I know is that my God's not poor. And he'll provide. And a lot of you here, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know. You just start, you know, recycling or something. Or I don't know. You don't go to Starbucks as much or eat out as much. And you watch just like that. You know, one thing adds up and, man, you're able to go. And it's so cool. You know, I was thinking about how we needed your prayers uh, for so many reasons. You know, that God would protect us. Uh, I, I know I didn't tell my wife this. She's going to learn a lot of things tonight, by the way. And so <laughs> when, when we were coming, I forgot where we were coming from. We saw a, it was a bus. It was like a tour bus completely on fire. I never saw that before. I, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. But so we were driving by that, and I'm going, whoa, I wonder what's that all about, you know? And uh, different things. I mean, you can wander. For the most part, Israel is safe. But there are some areas that you might uh, wander into accidentally that uh, can be a little interesting. I know I went to down the Arab section, and not, not all of them are, are mean. We actually uh, experienced some pretty cool uh, times with some that were nice, but this particular uh, salesperson, uh, they, I think they wanted to beat me up, I think, man. But, you know, I just gave them a couple moves and, and, and they backed down, you know. But Israel is 7,575 miles away. It's a 15-hour flight, and that's, some people were vomiting. It was kind of funny. Uh, 35,000 feet in the air and uh, traveling 575 miles an hour. And so anyways, you know, when you're up in the air, obviously, you're appreciating the prayers. I know this for a fact. I've known it ever since day one that it's the prayers of the people that allow me to continue to stay alive, that continue, I get to minister, is through your prayers. And so we're, we're so grateful for that. But yeah, we did need your protection. We needed your prayers. Elizabeth almost got hit by a car twice. I almost got hit by a car once. And uh, different things, different things. But if you have a Bible... Let's go to Psalm 48, verse 8. And uh, this is actually out of the New Living Translation, so probably most of you don't have that uh, translation. But, you know, the day that I arrived in Israel, um, when we got in Jerusalem, in my wife's devotional reading, God gave her some scriptures that she text messaged to me. And I thought they were pretty cool. In Psalm 48, verse 8, it says, We had heard the, of the city's glory. So you've heard of it, right? You've heard of Jerusalem, right? We've heard of the city's glory, but now we have seen it ourselves. That's the psalmist. That's the psalmist saying that there is something amazing about seeing it yourself. I'll be honest with you. When we were on the bus and, you know, we're traveling, because when we first got there, we went into, we, tra we flew into Tel Aviv, and then we uh, ended up spending some time one night in Tel Aviv, then we went down to uh, Kibbutz by the Sea of Galilee. We were there for a few days, and we went down into the Dead Sea area. And, uh, you know, we were uh, there for a few days. And then finally, about halfway through the trip, we, we took the bus to Jerusalem. <sighs> and when you go over this hill, you know, our tour guide, he just says, you know, it's this amazing, unforgettable, you know, and you look to your left, and there is Jerusalem. And I, I honestly believe this. I've seen pictures of capitals and cities and locations all around the world. 
Jerusalem is the most beautiful city in the world. It is beautiful. Just the, the Jerusalem stone. Just God's hand. Israel. You, you see Israel. You see God's hand on Israel. And it just blows your mind. You know, but right here he says, We have heard of the city's glory, but now we have seen it ourselves. The city of the Lord of heaven's armies. It is the city of our God. He will make it safe forever. There is something about Israel. Jesus, when he comes back, he's going to rule from Jerusalem. It's an, it's an incredible thing. And then down in verse 12, it was so cool. The Lord gave my wife this passage, and she gave it to me. It says, go inspect the city of Jerusalem. Walk around and count the many towers. Take note of the fortified walls and tour all the citadels that you may describe them to future generations. You know, for us as Christians, um, Israel's special. These are the Bible lands that we've been studying all our Christian life. For us as Christians, Jerusalem is special. And so we get to go, we get to see, and then we get to come back and we get to tell others. And God, I think, wants to do a great work. Pastor Chuck used to say that a trip to Israel is worth two years of seminary. You know, and you, and you, you, you might, you know, hear that and just kind of let it roll off your back like water on a duck. But I believe him now, having gone with all my heart. I truly understand what he meant by that. Not only seeing it with your own eyes, but, I mean, smelling it, touching it, tasting it, experiencing everything. But the things you learn while you're there and the things that you not only learn while you're there, because it's so cool. Everybody that I talked to that has gone on a trip to Israel, they always talk about their tour guide, how it was really you know, good. You know, Jewish guys and giving you so much Jewish background of Israel and, and the traditions. I mean, I learned so much. When my, our tour guide was, was talking, I was just taking notes the whole time. You know, I'm like, whoa, this is so cool. You guys remember the Orthodox Jews? You guys seen pictures of them? What color do they dress in? Black. Why? Because they're in mourning. Did you guys know they've been mourning for close to 2,000 years? I, I never knew that. I never thought. I'm sure we could probably learn these things in other ways, but, I mean, lesson after lesson after lesson after lesson. There is something special about the Jews. There really is. It's amazing. You know, when you go and you're fellowshipping with other people, I, part of uh, the whole experience is being able to discover it with other Christians, you know, to discover it with them and, and to fellowship and to, you know, forge relationships, you know, that are special, you know, because you went to Israel with them. You went to Jerusalem with them. I mean, there's nothing like it. And I'll tell you what, uh, it's kind of funny. The one, uh, uh, one of the, the gals, she's an older lady that was uh, a total blessing to me. Her name is Denise, and Joey can tell you, Beverly. I mean, she was so cool. I mean, every time the tour guide would ask a question, she'd be the first to participate. You know, every teacher's dream. I mean, uh, just uh, giving me rocks from different places. You know, here, you forgot to get a rock from there. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, just really cool. But I, I found out at the end of the, of the whole thing that she was Jewish. 
she's a, a Jewish Christian or whatever. I'm not, not messianic because, you know, one thing that I do want to say is that don't go to Israel and come back and become a Jew. Don't do that. Don't go to Israel and become like, you know, oh, I'm a messianic Christian. No, stay a Christian. Walk in the grace that God's given to you. But I do know this, that her being Jewish, and she tried to teach me some uh, Hebrew, but it just didn't stick. Um, it was, she was special. There was something special about the people, you know? And so me coming back, I'll be honest with you, I'm still a little in jet lag. I'm still trying to process everything, right? Again, just like any Bible study, we just can't, you know, come and sit and listen for X amount of time and then, you know, go home or whatever, go and expect to experience the fullness of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. No, we need to contemplate these things, right? We need to take it to the Lord prayerfully, meditation. And not only that, but then you develop a hunger to study it more right? I mean, you're here to study and you go home and what do you want to do? You want to study it more. That's how you will grow. And for me now, coming back from Israel, you can ask my wife, my kids, I've been just watching documents on, on I mean, uh, documentaries on, on Jerusalem and Israel, because I know all this is just something, it's a hunger that God has stirred inside of me, you know? Again, so, so grateful for your prayers um, but what I've learned is that um, there's so much to share. I can't share everything with you. That's why you got to go. You got to go next time, okay? We'll make a deal, and you're going to get so blessed. But I will share a few things with you today and maybe a few things with you on Sunday, and then we'll probably get back into the book of Ezra and uh, back in the book of Mark because that's where I feel most comfortable just teaching the Bible. But I want to share with you a few things tonight, and hopefully some others will be able to share as well. But one of the things I've learned is that the smallest things have the potential to be big lessons in our life. Um, if you have a Bible, go to First uh, Samuel 31. And I want to show you some pictures that we took from uh, Beth Shan, or nowadays it's called Beth Sheen. Um, and you guys have maybe have seen some of these. Um, look at that. Look at that amphitheater right there. Does that look like a big city to you? It's, it's huge. It's, it's a massive city there. Uh, there's Anna and Elizabeth. And we were always telling Anna, take your hat off because we can't see your eyes. And then I had, I had her take her hat off for another reason because her hair got a little sweaty. So then she had the slick look, man. That's all. Take it off, sister. <laughs> But she was a trooper, man. She was a trooper. Elizabeth, such a great daughter. Here we have uh, Beverly and Vicky. They're, this is still in Beshan, by the way. We, I mean, this is an amazing city. I don't know if you guys know where they're sitting on. I kind of hesitate to tell you, but do you guys know? They're in, they're in restrooms right there. I don't know if you could tell, but like right there they're sitting, and then they kind of take care of business right there. The water system flows. It's crazy. It flows right underneath, and it just takes everything away. And so, <laughs> thank God they didn't have to do it there. Um, here's some columns right here, uh, and there's Brother Joy. Uh, it was so cool getting to hang out with him, getting to know him. And when you go, you know, that's one of the things God's going to do. God's going to 
develop friendships and you get to spend some time together and get to really know. But look at how big those columns are. You know, 25 years ago, this whole city was hidden. It was just a place, it was a whole field of eucalyptus trees. That's how much is there in Israel. I mean, it's amazing. You just start digging. Here we have, uh, I don't know if that's a, that's a weird look, huh? Anyways, uh, the, the main street of these cities was called the Cardo. Uh, you guys probably know we get our word cardio. It's the heart of the city. And, uh, and there I am. And I just wanted to show you basically how big this city is, right? And so you read in your Bible, 1 Samuel 31, if you look at verse 10, it says, Then they put his armor in the temple of the Ashtoreths, and they fastened his body to the wall of Bethshan. Now when the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all the valiant men arose and traveled all night and took the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons from the wall of Bethshan. And they came to Jabesh and burned them there. Now, when you read that without really knowing a, a little bit of the background, you, you might not really think it's a big deal. Like, kind of like, you know, the, the story here, just in case you didn't know, was when Saul and his sons were killed by the Philistines in battle. And it's such a tragedy. It really is. Because if you go back to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Do you guys remember what that chapter is? Anybody here remember? That's when David killed Goliath. Now, when David killed Goliath, it brought glory to God, right? It brought glory to God. And then, you know, David slings his stone and, you know, Goliath falls dead. And what does David do? He goes over to him, he takes his own sword and he cuts off his head. He defeats the enemy. And he brings glory to God. But then what does Saul do? Saul goes and he does his own thing. He doesn't believe. He's petrified of those that he feels threatened, you know, with. And, and he, just, he just, it's just a terrible story of a man with so much potential. God had anointed him. God had chosen him. God could have used him to deliver Israel, but what ends up happening, he ends up, you know, next thing you know, at the witch of Endor, he goes out, the Philistines cut his head off, and they hang his bodies on the walls of Bethshan. So, you know, you're, before you're like, well, what's Bethshan? Ain't no, no thing, you know? And, but then you look at the city, and, and yeah, this is not the original city, but this is the, the vicinity of it, and what you find out, you guys, is that it was almost like, um, like hanging the bodies in Times Square in this huge city that would bring so much shame to God. And it just, the Bible, it suddenly it just kind of takes on new light. It's like this is not some little thing, you know. The more you're given, the more that's required of you. And when I, when I saw how huge the city was and I could just visualize the walls of the city and I could see, you know, God's king hanging there on the walls, it just broke my heart to think that, you know, that's what happens when God's people don't follow him, when God's people don't maintain 
relationship with him. You know, David and Saul, they both messed up, but David got his life right. What did Saul do? He just made a bunch of excuses. And we can't do that, you know? I mean, to me, you guys, I pray that we would never bring shame to God's name, that we would walk in holiness. And just, man, looking at that city, it, it just blew me away, you know? I mean, of course, we went to the, uh, the tomb. You guys have probably seen this picture before. And uh, it was cool going there because when you go to Israel, there's uh, some, the Catholic Church, they believe that the tomb is under the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, but there's no evidence for it whatsoever. All the evidence, and it's overwhelming, all the evidence point to this location right here. And so what ended up happening was uh, we went inside, there's Elizabeth, See if she's got a big smile on her face? You'll never guess why. <laughs> it's, this is why. It's because the tomb's empty. And there's nothing like going into that empty tomb and knowing that he is risen. You know, I went in there myself, and even though I look kind of funny, I was just overwhelmed. You know, you guys ever heard that phrase, you got to be there, you got to be there, I think. I mean, it just, it just floors you. It really does. You know, knowing that the Lord has risen and I saw it with my own eyes, you know, and we can go on and on regarding the, the evidence for the geographical location, the fact that they never found a trace of human decomposition at the logistics of it in relationship to Golgotha, which is the place of a skull. You can still see it there. You see exactly where Jesus was crucified. You see where this grave stands in relationship to it. You see that it's a grave uh, uh, of a rich man. And uh, you'll see outside, it's a garden tomb, the wine press, and therefore the grapes that would be grown there. And uh, it's just over and over. I mean, just fact after fact after fact. They revealed that this is the place where Jesus was buried. And so, you know, you would figure, why would someone have a tomb without a body? I mean, eventually someone's going to be buried in there, right? Unless there's something special about it. You know, one thing that was kind of cool, this place right here, you know, um, we have our familiar lessons, but some things that are, are, are new. This one hit me kind of hard, um, it was our visit to the house of the high priest of Caiaphas. Uh, he's mentioned nine times in the Bible. Um, if you want, you can open up to Matthew 26. In verse 47, we'll start there. It says, And while he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now his betrayer had given them a sign, saying, 
Whomever I kiss, he is the one that sees him. And immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and, and kissed him. You know, in the Jewish culture, um, they weren't, he wasn't identifying Jesus. Everybody knew who Jesus was. Jesus had taught publicly in the temple. We read that in the scriptures, and it's interesting. When you look at the Temple Mount and you look at the Fortress of Antonia, where the, the, the Roman rulers would be watching everything that goes on in the Temple Mount, they would know who Jesus was. He didn't need to be identified. But here's the thing. The way that it worked in, in Roman law was if you were going to uh, kind of like bring an accusation like this, if you were going uh, you know, to bring this to pass, you would have to kiss him. And that's what Judas did, right? He kissed him. And so Jesus said, friend, why have you come? And then they came and laid hands on Jesus and uh, they took him. If you go down to verse 57, it says, and those who had laid hold of Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest. And, and we don't have time because I want to hear from a few other people, but um, what ended up happening here was Jesus was uh, kind of stood before them in the mockery of a trial. Once he identified who he really was, the high priest tore his clothes and condemned him to death. But if you go down to chapter 27, verse 1, it says, When morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people plotted against Jesus to put him to death. And so here's the thing. Jesus spent the night at Caiaphas' house. That's what ended up happening, right? Now, I don't know if you guys can see it from where you are, but, um, you know, this mosaic right here shows Jesus with ropes underneath his arms. Can you guys see that from where you are? There's ropes underneath his arms. And you might wonder why. Why does he have ropes underneath his arms? Well, let me show you a couple of pictures that just kind of blow your mind. What this is is, is a hole... Right, And then what we have next is kind of like looking underneath it, underneath the hole. And then what you have is, uh, I don't know if you guys can see, it's kind of dark, but all these people, they're, they're kind of in a pit. And you guys can see the hole? So why did Jesus have ropes underneath his arms? Because they laid him down, they let him down in that hall. After they had beaten him, after they had mocked him, I mean, they they laid him. And and when I when that when I saw that from my with my own eyes, I was just blown away to think that this is how they treated my Lord. This is what he went through. Why did he go through this? You know, why did he suffer so much? You know, I don't have time to show you the other things. Uh, I, I want to share a couple of things with you, but let me see if I can make this quick. Um, two things probably impacted me the most. One was my quiet time with the Lord in, in the Sea of Galilee. And the other was my quiet time with the Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane. Because when I was in the Garden of Gethsemane and just thinking about what Jesus did, how he chose to die for us, 
It just hit me, man. It hit me partially because I know who he is. He's God. He is almighty God. And he chose to die on a cross. And then I thought of myself. Who am I? What am I? I'm like this little dirty, wicked speck of a specimen on this puny planet in this vast universe. And how I, I so frequently choose not to die. And when that hit me in the Garden of Gethsemane, I'll tell you what, man, that just, that rocked my world. You know, you got to pray. We got to pray for Israel. You know, here in the garden tomb, there's a little uh, sign that says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And we know that is a a scriptural truth. Um, But it's, they don't have peace yet. There's an artist's rendition of what's going on in Israel I don't know if you guys can see it. There's a kind of a close-up right here. Do you guys know what this is? Can anybody identify what this is right here? I mean, you got the lion of the tribe of Judah down there. You got a couple of lamps. But can you guys identify with that? You can't. Probably can't, huh? It's nopales. It's cactus. Okay. <laughs> and you're like, why do the Jews have cactus? You want to know why they have cactus? Because it's symbolic of who they are. A cactus has these thorns and it has a tough skin on the outside, but it's tender on the inside. That's where Israel is right now. I mean, they have 120 million Arabs that want to wipe them off the face of the map. You know, and here they are, even in their own little country. I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but the population breakdown in Israel, a little over 8 million. A little over 6 million are Jewish, 1.688 are, are, are Arab. That's one of the things that blew me away when I went to Jerusalem. All the, the Arabs that are there, I mean, they're just, they're everywhere. You go down even into, when we were in the Dead Sea, all the people that were working there in the hotel were, 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 uh, were Bedouins, were Arabs as well. They're there. Now, in the Jewish community, there's, I guess a 1.7% growth, but notice in the Arab community, it's, it's 2.1%. There, there are more and more. I mean, of course we know, and we're going to talk more about this on Sunday. We're going to talk about Israel. We'll talk about the Gaza Strip, the West Bank. I think it's important for us as Christians to know a lot about Israel. I think it's helpful for us to know, especially when you think about Bible prophecy. But we got to know that this is what's going on in Israel, um, you guys remember that guy Yasser Arafat? He said, "The womb of the Arab women is my strongest weapon." And we know in the Muslim community they can have four wives, and they are just having so many kids. Why? They have an agenda, and that is to eradicate Judaism, to eradicate Christianity. It's kind of interesting. Real quick, I'll show you the the picture. Uh, Joey and I are there. Um, there is the, uh, the east gate. Here's a closer look at it. And according to the scriptures, and we'll get more into this on Sunday, uh, Jesus, when he returns, he's coming through the east gate. 
what the Muslims have done, not only with this, but with so many other Christian sites, if they, is that they've tried to oppose the truths of Christianity. They sealed up the Isa Gate, and they put a cemetery in front of it because they think that that's going to stop Jesus from coming back, you know? But I tell you what, when you read the Bible, what does the Bible say? The Bible says that when Jesus returns, he's going to come on the Mount of Olives. He's going to step right there, and it's going to be a big earthquake. It's going to split. Because actually, the East Gate is actually underneath, and he's going to return right there. It's just so amazing. But what the Muslims are trying to do is cover everything that's Christian. For example, you guys, this is the Wailing Wall. They don't call it the Wailing Wall. They call it the Western Wall. You guys see right there, this is where the women can pray, and this is for the men. Um, generally speaking, you see, and I think I have a video here of uh, the men praying. This right here is the, the Dome of the Rock, um, and that right there was built right over uh, Mount Moriah, right over where uh, Abraham offered up his son Isaac, or was about to in Genesis chapter 22, right over the most holy place, they put it, boom, right there. And it's crazy. It's crazy. What you see when you look at the Western Wall, you'll see these guys praying. You guys have seen it, huh? And I trip out on the Orthodox Jews. I love them, but I don't think they love me, to be honest with you. They're... You know, some people want to go back to Judaism. I don't want to go back to Judaism. We were trying to have a, a cheeseburger, and, and they kicked us out. They said, you can't ask on a kosher table right there. You need to go over there. Different things, man. I mean, one of the guys, he had this. I almost hesitate to tell you, but he had a bacon cheeseburger. Talk about, that's about as unkosher as you can be in Israel. And so he's in the restaurant, and the Orthodox Jew comes in, and he starts yelling, and I'm like, man, where's the love, bro, you know? <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, what we find, you guys, is that they're trying to stop, you know, Christianity. It's trying to stop Jesus. And uh, my heart goes out to them. You guys, I love Israel. I love Israel. Always have. I love Israel now more. But you guys know this. Israel needs to be saved. They need Jesus. The Muslims need Jesus. And you guys that have Jesus, you really need to thank God that you have been set free from all that religion. You want to know what's going on in Israel right now? And I saw it with my own eyes. You read the book of Joshua, you read the book of Judges. And what you find is that there were the, the Jebusites. There were those that were still in the midst of the land because Israel could not or did not drive them out because they didn't have the power of God, okay? When you get the power of God, you get the victory of God. And what's true for Israel, it needs to be true in our own life. Seriously, where are you at in your relationship with God tonight? Are you right with him? Have you driven out you know, the Girgashites and the Canaanites and, you know, the Ammonites and the Jebusites and all the things that don't belong. How are you walking with the Lord? If, if not, why not? Why not? You have God on your side. Unless, you know, we're walking 
in areas of compromise. You know, I pray, you guys, we would be um, what Israel was intended to be. And we'll talk more about this on Sunday because some people wonder, well, what exactly does Israel mean? You guys remember when God changed Jacob's name to Israel? You guys remember that whole story? On Genesis 32, I mean, Jacob's wrestling with God all night. All night. Maybe you've been wrestling with God all your life. All your life. And God is just saying, you know, you got to be broken. And so what did God do? God reached in. God touched the hip. God changed him for the rest of his life. He'd be limping through life, right? But he changed his name to Israel. And what does that mean? I, I think it really means governed by God. You guys, you know, it's not enough going to Israel. It's not enough going to church. It's not enough having the bumper sticker or going through the motions. It's not enough. You must come to a place in your life where you are governed by God. He is your Lord, and we are his people. I pray we would never forget that, okay? And so um, I wanted uh, a few of the, the Israelites people to come up and... Uh, and uh, who wants to go first? We got Joe, we got Beverly, we got Anna. Eeny, meeny, miny, Okay, we got Anna here. All right. And you can share a little bit. Yeah, thanks, Anna. Yeah, I put you on the spot. Shalom, everyone. <laughs> um, I just want to say it was an experience, such an experience going to Israel. Um, it was a blessing because uh, my mom and Elizabeth actually um, gave me the trip to Israel. I didn't think I was going to go, but they gave me that uh, trip. And um, I was all excited. I was excited to go. Uh, we had Pastor Manny talked about uh, our, our, our guide, our tour guide. Pastor Manny says he's a trip. He was a trip, this guy. He, I mean, he gave us all kinds of history. He gave us, I mean, he was good. We really liked him a lot. Um, and he would tell us, okay, we're going here, and we're going to go on a little, we're going to go on a little walk. So we get off the bus, and he takes us a few steps this way, and he goes, he turns this way, and boom, there was some stairs. Really, you know, I have challenges walking, and I'm just like, um, Lord, you brought me to Israel. Help me walk up those stairs. Every day I would say that. Or there was just hills and, and there was just um, a bunch and bunch of stairs. And I'm just like, Lord, help me. I'm here for a purpose. Help me, Lord. And every day he did. You know, he helped me every day. More and more I was able to walk. And that in itself was just the Lord, his grace that he showed me, you know. Um, you know, <sighs> I, I, I can't even do justice to the experience that we had in, in, in Israel. Just being at so many places. I, I, when we went to the meeting to go there, they're talking about the Bible's going to be re come real. The Bible's going to come real to you when, when um, you go there. I'm like, all right, all right. But it really did. I mean, what Pastor Manny was talking about, the Garden of Gethsemane, it's like <sighs> you're just blown away because you're thinking about the Lord, you know. We we were on this old 
uh, we were on this boat uh, uh, on the Sea of Galilee, and that experience was just amazing. We were there, and it's this old boat, supposed supposed to be like the kind of boat that Jesus was would have driven or uh, ridden on, and we're there, and I'm thinking, wow, the Lord walked on water here, you know, you know, He called Peter to walk on water, you know, and I'm just there, and and you know, I'm just. All of a sudden, our 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 boat driver, whatever you want to call him, our captain, he um, he start he's a Messianic Jew, Messianic Jew, and he starts singing uh, he starts singing this praise music, uh, uh, both in English and in Hebrew, and we're on this boat, we're just praising the Lord, and I'm crying, Pastor Manny's crying, everybody's right there just worshiping the Lord, and it's just so beautiful. We were just on the Sea of Galilee. And I'm like, Lord, I'm like, Pastor Matt, who am I to be right here? Who am I, Lord? You know, we walked in um, just the other day. We celebrated Easter, and we were talking about how going down, um, how the Lord comes into Jerusalem, you know, on the donkey. And, um, you know, we're just thinking, oh, he's just coming. You know, people are laying down their their the jackets or whatever, the, the palms and all this kind of stuff, whatever. But let me tell you, this road, I mean, it winds and it goes down and it goes down. I'm like, man, the Lord's going, you know, I'm just picturing him as I'm trying to hold on, not fall. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's coming down like this. And it takes us to the, that, that road takes us to the Garden of Gethsemane, right, Pastor Manny? And you just, you just can't stop thinking about the Lord you know, as you're going through these journeys, you know. And... Um, you know, there's just so much that, that we saw and that we did. And I'm still trying to process everything because it was like we went to, like, I would say, like, three to four places or maybe even five places a day. Like, bam, 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 we're going. And, you know, I'm over trying to take notes, and we're trying to say, okay, so I won't forget. And even now, we've been back a couple of days. I'm just trying to process everything that we did, that we saw, that I actually the cities that, you know, that, that we read in the Bible and then, we were there, you know. I mean, you cannot do it justice just to say what we're saying right now. You have to be there. You really, really have to live it and be there. It really will change your life. I mean, I want to go on, but I'm going to make a mess of talking. So let Joy talk. Joy. <laughs> it was a blessing. It was a total blessing. Enjoy with my help. Well, I just want to thank God for getting us there and bringing us back safe and for everyone who prayed for us, uh, you know, they came through. For me, uh, it was great seeing all the buildings, the stones, like they're so huge and put together and so high. The Sea of Galilee, like she said, was amazing. Uh, even uh, walking to the edge of it at night, getting the sunset, I missed the sunrise, but there's just so much... Uh, packed in one day and it's worth going uh, everything's all taken care of uh, they have good hotels uh, some better than others but they're all pretty good uh, what was a blessing for me was m more than just going was the fellowship that I was able to have with other brothers and sisters that was like a true blessing to me uh, getting to know them the bonds that were made uh, the fellowships that were had uh, when when you come back, like you don't want to leave, you don't want to. You know, it feels like this split, this tear apart from the people that you 
spent like 11, uh, 10 days with, just constantly uh, eating with them, sharing testimonies. Uh, I was just blessed. And then bunking with Manny, you know, it was a blessing too. Just he is who you see who he is, you know. He, he's humble, he's kind, he's considerate and caring, and he's a man of prayer. And we, we prayed together, and uh, it helped me in my prayer life uh, a little more. I was a blessing going with Anna and Elizabeth and Beverly and Vicky and I just I can name everyone you know I got to know everyone that was a personal thing of mine I wanted to know uh, everyone's name and and just tell them hi good morning God bless and just you gotta go I mean don't hold back we spend money on this and on that you could put a little aside and go just pray on it save on it and go and you'll be there and, and you'll have this blessing of an experience as well. Thank you. Shalom. <laughs> well, I'm. Uh, first of all, I like to give thanks to God for us for us being in Israel. For you know, and uh, uh, it was such a blessing. Uh, and uh, I'm happy to be back with my church family also so but uh, everyone was uh, the people that we traveled with was uh, it was wonderful we were all in one accord and that's what was so great you know believing in Jesus and uh, uh, so that was nice and uh, everyone got along and the food was good and um, hotels that we stayed at was was great and uh, but the it was just wonderful just seeing the places that um, what we read in the Bible that we could actually see it but to me it was where Jesus actually walked that would touch my heart and uh, <laughs> okay see I'm starting uh, but um, it, it really touched me um the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, um, the, you know, the Sea of Galilee, and uh, uh, where the apostles saw him after he rose on the Sea of Tiberias, and he was there fi fixing them food, and uh, it was nice, you know, to see actually see those places. But the one place that really touched my heart, uh, of course, the Garden Tomb, you know, because. Uh, Jesus rose and he was not there but the one place was the Garden of Gethsemane that um, that place was so special uh, you could actually almost hear a pin drop everyone went to their little place to meditate or to uh, think about this holy place and uh, that's what touched my heart you know and uh uh, it was emotional, just thinking how our Lord agonized there, knowing what he would go through for us and praying to the Father. And um, us being sinners, you know, that's why he was going to the cross to save us. So I thought about him and about how my life, that I put him on that cross. And uh, so it was emotional for me. Uh, and the area is, 
it's so different. Even the mountains, it, it looks old. Like I can't describe it. It's it's like a, it's a lot of rocks and uh, but it looks old. And um, uh, I was thinking of. Moses going across the desert with the Israelites and what they went through and and uh, seeing uh, uh, the area where David uh, killed Goliath and uh, we saw Jericho but it was a drive-by because we didn't stop <laughs> so that was that was a little disappointing but uh, I called it a drive-by <laughs> so uh, and uh, but anyway, we had a, we saw so many places uh, uh, in one day, and to try to remember every, you know, we took notes and seen places. So to put it all together, you know, or to try to remember, it, it's it's uh, it's kind of hard. <laughs> so, but um, anyway, we really, I really enjoyed it, and uh, very special. I'll never ever forget it, and. Uh, uh, the people there were very nice, and uh, anyway, it, I loved it, and I hope that God will grant me for me to go back. So, anyway. Oh, and another thing, I have to say that Pastor Manny, uh, I think what was really nice that everyone talked about our pastor, because they see Jesus in him. And uh, so that blessed me. So, and uh, they want to come to our church. So they kept saying, yes, we're going to come to the church. So I said, yes, come. So, but because of him, because of his, of his softness, his compassionate, his, you know, his ways. And they see Jesus in him. And so that made me feel good. So, and uh, Pastor Maddie took good care of us and uh, watched over us and I have to uh, thank my brother Joey my sister Anna and her daughter Elizabeth uh, I they were just wonderful and uh, Elizabeth took good care of her mother <laughs> and watched over her and uh, Joey was he was the life I mean he was all over taking his pictures and uh, everyone loved him so anyway uh, thank you for all your prayers. So. Yeah, Joey had one of those cameras that you put right here. As a kind of like a GoPro, and so they thought it was a phylactery the whole time. <laughs> We had such a good time, and we want to thank you for your prayers. And prayerfully, uh, you know, w our walk would be impacted, that my walk would be impacted. I just want to grow. I really, I really want to grow, you know. And um, I want to be more like Jesus. I really do. But... Uh, you know, a couple of scriptures. Why don't we have the musicians come, come forward? Psalm 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. And I, and I know this, that 
Jerusalem's not going to have peace until Jesus comes. I know that for a fact. And so when we're praying for, for the peace of Jerusalem, what are we praying for? <laughs> Jesus, please come. Because I tell you, if you go over there, you'll see it with your own eyes. It ain't going to happen without Jesus, man. So I pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Um, Psalm 84, verse 5 says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. And that pilgrimage is in, in reference to going to Jerusalem. You know, so that man whose strength is in God has a heart that, Lord, if it's possible, if there's any way, Lord, please allow me to go, you know, because I really do believe that it is an opportunity for God to uh, just bring the Bible to life forever. We'll never read the Bible the same, which of course we know is the instrument by which God changes our life. So, uh, so much potential for growth in that step of faith. And then um, here we have a, a the Sea of Galilee. It's hard to imagine that we took that with my own camera, you know, but, you know, usually you pull those off the internet. Uh, this is at the Garden of Gethsemane. But then when we were in the, um, in the boat sailing across the Sea of Galilee, uh, worshiping the Lord together, I mean, just un unbelievable, unimaginable. Um, they, they threw up uh, the two flags and they played the two anthems. And I thought about the passage in Genesis 12, 3, where God says, I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And, and when you study history, that's what you find, that the nations or the people that bless Israel, God blesses. It's true. Our country was blessed because of our, our relationship with Israel. And so we need to pray for our government, uh, for our churches even, that they would still have that special place, that special bond uh, with Israel, because I know there's a built-in blessing within that. You know, I was concerned, to be honest with you, in going to Israel, that maybe uh, it's going to be commercialized. Um, but what I found it to be is uh, is absolutely not. You know, I went and I was just tried to maintain an open heart. And I really, I really do believe that, that God met me there because, man, when you go, you see, you see it's real. And so, um, you guys, I know some of you are thinking, well, I don't know if I can afford it. Or, you know, yeah, the truth is, some of you, you're probably not going to go until you to die and go, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, uh, so, you know, we get to share with you. But if, you know, you have it in your heart, just pray. I'll show you my prayer journal one day if you are nice to me. Uh, so long ago, I started praying that I could go to Israel one day. And I have it. And then it was so cool when just things started happening. And then, and then finally now I got to go back to it and just say, you know, thank you, Jesus. And so start praying.